Welcome. For those of you that are new, my name is Justin Jordan. I'm the lead minister here. And for those of you that are turning in online, thank you for joining us. As we start this new year, 2024, I want to tell you a story about a disciple maker that was in my life when I first started ministry at a really uh, young age. And we were spending time together a lot, talking about the church and us just launching here uh, 15 years ago. And this guy invested a lot of time into me. And to be honest with you, a lot of times I was like, are we really working right now because we're going fly fishing together? Shouldn't we be working on stuff? And, and we did. We did a lot of those meetings, but we also spent a lot of time together. And I remember when we were heading out to um, going fly fishing, I was really wanting to like pick his brain and get some wisdom and talk to him about strategy and vision and growing as a leader and all these different things. And, and he said something to me that uh, has changed my life. He said, Justin, you need to fall in love with the journey, not just the destination. And in that moment, like, I was really conflicted. Inside of me, um, I was asking a lot of questions that were, like, really selfish questions. Uh, questions about what I wanted, questions about the end result, questions about driving to some place. And... Um, he wasn't really helping me with those things. And I was conflicted because I selfishly wanted all the answers to those questions that I was wrestling with with Jesus. And maybe you can relate to that this morning as you walk with Jesus. Questions like, how is Jesus going to impact my marriage? How is Jesus going to impact my finances? How is Jesus going to impact my work? How is Jesus going to impact all these things that oftentimes are not bad questions, but those questions in and of themselves lead us to a place of selfishness. What can Jesus do for me? And yet on the other side, as I felt conflicted and not happy with that statement, on the other side, I felt conflicted on, for the first time in my life, beginning to understand what freedom meant. And what I mean by that is that Jesus actually just wanted to have a real relationship with me and that the results weren't dependent upon me. Does that make sense this morning? That Jesus actually just wanted to be in relationship with me and that I had a part to play in all the different places of my life, whether it be my relationship with him, my relationship with my spouse, what was going on with the church, all those different things. I had a part to play, but that I wasn't responsible necessarily for the result, that God actually cared way more about who I was becoming with him, not just what I was doing for him. And so it set me on a journey. I'm starting to ask the question, what does it mean to fall in love with the journey, not just to the destination, not just the result? And I'm here with you today, 15 years later, still working on learning how to fall in love with the journey of walking with God and not trying to control the results of my life. What's interesting is the Bible actually talks about this idea of journeying with God all over the place. Old Testament, New Testament. And God's actually given us some tools for us as we go on the journey of walking with God. And my hope and desire for us in this sermon series, 2024, as we start, is that we would actually look at 2024 and ask the question, what does it look like to journey with God in 2024? As I start my life and I prioritize the things that I feel like God's calling me to prioritize. Am I prioritizing those things with God and to actually have a roadmap, a journey as to what that actually looks like? 
I'm guessing many of you have written down goals for this year. Maybe some of you. There's things that you want to achieve, things that you want to go. Some of you are like, I gave up on that a long time ago. I don't write any goals down anymore. Wherever you're at on that, my, my heart and desire for us as we go through the sermon series is to ask a question. Is God at the center of all of it? And if he is, what is the journey that he has for you? And what is the tools roadmap that he's actually inviting us into as a church as we journey with him? The Bible talks about this idea of experiencing freedom and belief that Jesus is enough and that he's with us and he wants us to invite him into that journey. Uh, there's this word that's used quite a bit. It's called pilgrim. I say pilgrim this morning. Pilgrim, you know he's saying, I haven't used that word since I was in elementary school, right? Here's the deal. For us as a church and for, as a believing people, we are called to live as pilgrims. I love this quote. To live as pilgrims, there is a mindset to adopt, a war to fight, a lifestyle to maintain, and a day to remember. Another word that's used in regards to pilgrim in the New Testament, I believe that Jesus is picking up on this same word. It's the word disciple. Everybody say disciple. We define disciple at Real Life Ministries as someone who is following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and is committed to the mission of Jesus. It's a journey of being a pilgrim, of living life with Jesus, living life with God. And he's actually invited us to live this way. And not only that, but he's invited us to live this way, and he's actually given us a soundtrack as to what that journey is supposed to look like. I'm just saying a soundtrack. What do you mean a soundtrack? He's given us this thing called the Psalms of Ascent. And just to be honest with you, even though I've been to Bible college, I've been a pastor for many years, I didn't really understand the Psalms of Ascent until about six months ago. How many of you guys have heard of the Psalms of Ascent? Okay, about a quarter of you. Psalms of Ascent is a soundtrack that God has given us, and he's introduced this soundtrack, and it's, it's important for us to ask the question, what is it that God wants to do in the journey that we have with him? What is the purpose of the soundtrack? In order to understand the soundtrack, you have to understand where it's rooted in. It's rooted in the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms is a, is a picture of this reality of people learning to grow with God, but really in the midst of the Psalms is there's a bunch of wisdom for us, a, a bunch of, of truisms for us, of how life works, of how it works of walking with God. But in the midst of the truisms that's found in the book of Psalms, there's also these things called lament. Lament. What are laments? Laments are a recognition that things aren't the way that they should be. And some of you are starting 2024 in a place of lament. It's the reason why you're here at church this morning. It's because you know that something isn't quite right Something isn't how it's supposed to be. And your soul, your heart, your mind is actually longing for more. And God has given you a soundtrack to help you in the place that you're in called lament. He's given you something to actually reflect on because your relationships are broken. Your family's broken. Your finances are broken. And you're beginning to recognize that you have to enter in to a journey with God to go to places that you've never gone before. To rearrange the things that are going on inside your mind and your heart. To do things you've never done before. To go to places you've never been before. 
Lament is a reminder to us that we are not made for this place, that there is a destination and we are destined for it and it's not actually this place. It's not actually earth. It's actually something grander. Hebrews talks about it in Hebrews chapter 11. All these people were still living by faith, the hall of faith, people that lived by faith. And it said that all these people were living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Admitting that they were, what's that next word say? That they were what? Foreigners. And what's the next word? Strangers, pilgrims, foreigners, exiles on a journey. We've been talking about this over the last couple months. That we are on a journey with God destined for his kingdom. And when we recognize that, we begin to understand what worship really looks like and what the book of Psalms has for us. That God's given us a songbook. He's given us a soundtrack to help us in that journey. And really, as we enter into this new year, this is what we're going to be focused on. What is the book of Psalms and what is the Psalm of Ascent? The tool that God's given us for the journey that he has for us in 2024. What is the book of Psalms? Uh, it's, a, it's a hymn book that the Jews used. And it was built on a lot of different pieces. The first section of the Psalm book was found in Psalm 1, chapter 1, 1 through 41. And honestly, it's written by King David. And it's in the early years of King David's life where he's actually getting prepared to become king, but he's not officially king yet. And so you're gonna read a lot of the Psalms of the inner workings of his heart and his soul of what it means to follow after God and to trust God. The next section in Psalm uh, chapter 42 to 47 in King David's songbook, it's actually the part of his life where he's actually ruling and reigning as king over Israel. And as you begin to learn and discover things about David and the things that he's wrestling with and praises that he has to God, but also laments that he has to God. The next section, Psalm 73, is the divided kingdom crisis. And we talked about this in our exile sermon series back in October, that there was a time where God's people are taken over, where the kingdom is divided and the Syrians come and they conquer. And this is a full section full of a lament of people crying out to God and saying, God, where are you in the midst of the destruction that we find ourselves in? Psalm 73 through 89. Next section is the temple psalms and exile psalms. They're psalms that are written that the, God's people would come and offer to worship in the temple, but also in addition to that, there were psalms that were written as they were coming back from Babylon, coming back to Jerusalem. And these psalms were written to express what was going on inside of them in the journey with God. And then lastly, we have Psalm 107 and 150. It's the return to Jerusalem. And it's a picture of God's people experiencing um, his kingdom in a full new way. And what's couched in this last chapter is called the Psalms of Ascent. They're meant to actually be a, a songbook that sustains us in the midst of the journey. I love this quote by Matt Erickson. It says this, the Psalms of Ascent consists of 15 Psalms from 120 through 134. 34. While there are different ideas about what the Ascent reference in this group is all about, the most likely possibility is that these Psalms were sung and prayed by pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem, back to Jerusalem. You guys don't know, God's people were scattered all throughout the Old Testament, and every single spring and every single fall, they would journey back to Jerusalem. And so these were songs that they would sing together on the journey back to Jerusalem, which you can relate to this, because how many of you guys have been on a road trip? Raise your hand. 
You guys listen to music on your road trip, don't you? And you fight about the music on the road trip as well. Like, the song sucks. Fast forward, I love that song. Why'd you do that? Turn it back. <laughs> I, I think that hit a nerve with some of you. Okay, um... God's people did the same thing as they went to Jerusalem every fall and spring. They would sing together in caravans and families about what God was doing and what they were wrestling with as they were moving back towards Jerusalem. They were traveling to the temple in celebration of the three main festivals of the Hebrew people, Passover, Pentecost, and Booths. No matter where they were, they would ascend toward Jerusalem because Jerusalem sets an elevation higher than all the other land around there. They would ascend to Jerusalem because it was on the heights, but also because it was symbolically the spiritual high point where God dwelt with human beings. And so I just want to get you to understand what's going on here. Is these are written as people are going back to experience God in a powerful way. They're coming from a place and going on a journey, experiencing a destination where God and experiencing God at at the focal point of everything that they do. There are songs. It's a soundtrack. And these psalms of ascent are like a daily way of living with Jesus, a roadmap, as you will, that talks about the ultimate end. So I want to ask you this question. What are the words that you are singing over your life in 2024? What are the words that you're singing over your life in 2024? Because those things matter. And as we dive into Psalm chapter 120 this morning, I just want to invite you into the journey of asking the question, what did they experience? What were they experiencing? And how do these Psalms of Ascent connect to where you are at and what God is inviting you into in 2024? The writer says this in Psalm 120. I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. Save me, Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. What will he do to you, and what more besides you deceitful tongue? He will punish you with the warrior's sharp arrows, with burning coals of the broom bush. Woe to me that I dwell in Meshech, that I will live among the tenants of Kedar. Too long have I lived among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Right away, you can tell, is this a, a song of praise or a song of lament? Take a guess. Lament. I mean, right away, from the very beginning, distress and war, the key words on the first sentence and the last sentence. But I want you to notice, verse 1, I call on the Lord in my... What's that next word? If there's anything we can learn, Psalm 120... And the journey that God has us in is that God is okay when you're not okay. God is okay when you're not okay, but God does not want to leave you there. What does God want? It's a roadmap for us. What does God want? God wants you to come to the end of yourself and live in real relationship with him. I come and I call on the Lord in my distress. In order to do that, it requires us to be a people 
that are transparent and vulnerable before God, a willingness to come to God with our thoughts and our emotions, a willingness to come to him in complete honesty. And, and, and we would think that that is easy because we hear about God's loving kindness. We talk about God's uh, grace. We talk about all those things. But how often do I recognize in my own life that as I journey with God, I have a tendency to, to, to shield God away from those things because of all different thoughts and beliefs and emotions that I have. When God's saying, I, I desire for you to come to me in your distress. I desire for you to come to me honestly, openly, in the midst of the things you're going through. When stuff gets hard, I actually delight to hear what's going on inside of you. Why? Because relationship with God is the only thing that's going to change you. And you say, well, I started a really good self-help book for 2024. Guess what? If Jesus isn't in the center of it, that's the only thing that's going to transform you. If you're here this morning and, and you're wrestling about who you are and your purpose, guess what? Jesus is the only one that's going to fulfill the need and desire to understand who you are and what you're made for. Are you with me this morning, church? It has to start with him. A real relationship with him where you bring everything to him. You bring your praises to him, but you bring your lament to him. You bring your distress to him. You bring your brokenness to him because it's only him that actually brings renewal, transformation, and ability to understand how this life works. Nothing else will satisfy and he will send you into the desert in order for you to understand this real reality. Because in the, in the desert, you begin to realize, I have to come to the end of myself. You want your marriage to be built up? You have to come to the end of yourself and put Jesus right in the center of it. In 2024, if there's anything we can learn right from the get-go on this journey that God has us on, the journey of the Psalms of Ascent, where we have a roadmap to learn, it's this. God wants real relationship with you because he knows he's the only one that can satisfy you because he made you. He created you in your mother's womb. And he can count the hairs on top of your head. And some of us have less than others. I understand that. It's easier for me than it is for some of you. But he wants real relationship with you. And he wants you to come to him in, in your distress. He wants you to come, to come to him in your victories. He wants to be with you. And he, did, he, he, he sent his son to die for you, for you to experience that. And some of you, in 2024, it's time for you to accept Christ as Lord and Savior over your life. To believe, confess, repent, to get baptized into him and to start 2024 with him at the center of it. I called to the Lord in my distress. And I love this part. What does it say next? It says that he answers me. You notice that? He answers me. The God of the universe, he answers you. Verse 2. Save me. Save me, the writer writes. Save me from what? 
It says, save me from lies, from lying lips, from deceitful tongues. We don't know exactly what this all entails. My best guess is that these people that are journeying back to Jerusalem, God's people journeying back to Jerusalem, are living in a culture, even maybe their own brothers and sisters, that aren't living the truth, not understanding the truth of who God is, who they are, and this writer is lamenting, writing, God, I desire to live for you, but I live in the midst of a people, of a land, my family, my brothers and sisters, even foreigners, neighbors, whoever it is, that don't understand the truth. They understand lies. And they're not living according to how you would want us to live. And so this is a, an invitation for us to, to wrestle with the reality of who God is. That God advocates for truth. And he stands against those who are liars. That he actually wants us to be a people that go on the journey of real relationship with him. All of our thoughts, emotions, all the things that we wrestle with in life, we journey with him, real relationship with him, but that we also live out truth. And the lies that we battle with ourselves, the lies that other people battle with, that we would be willing to go on a journey of actually partnering with God to turn away from the lies, turn towards the truth, and actually begin the process of trusting God with everything that we have. And here's what I do know. Every single time that the Lord reveals truth and more truth and, and redirects me and causes me to take a right turn or a left turn as I journey with him, this is what I know. That when I surrender to more and more of the truth of who he is and what he has for me, that it always ends up resulting in me experiencing peace. When I advocate for truth in my life and the life of other people, it always results in me experiencing peace. And this is how God works. God speaks to us through his word, through his spirit, through people, and when he continually is inviting us into truth, it always ends up leading towards, ultimately, peace. That's how it's been from the very beginning. Do you remember in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2? How did God order the world? It says in Genesis chapter 1, Tohu vabohu, that the world was full of empty chaos. And God began to order the world. And how did he order the world? He ordered the world by what? Say it again. Speaking. Order from chaos. And so as we look at this reality that God actually is inviting us to be on a journey with him of real relationship, he's inviting us to experience the truth of who he is, who you are, He's inviting you to bring that truth to other people. And then the reality of it is when we surrender to that, we begin to experience more peace. Which I just want to invite you into this question. Where in your life are you experiencing chaos right now? And it may be because it's something external, circumstances, something that's out of your control but maybe it's not. And I just want to invite you to ask this question as we start 2024. The area of your life where you have lies, where you have chaos, let me ask you this question. Has God maybe spoken something over it? 
And yet, as God's speaking over it, you are choosing not to surrender to it. Because if it's true that God's inviting us on a journey, a real relationship with Him, living with Him, living in the truth of what He has for us, and yet you are experiencing turmoil, chaos, maybe God has spoken over that area and you are yet to say, I'm going to surrender to that. And God's saying, I want you to surrender to it. It's only in that moment that we're actually going to experience peace. Once again, the God of the universe, He is the one that is our peace. We just celebrate Christmas. Manual, meaning God with us. The Prince of, you don't have any peace 2024. Where is God inviting you to say yes to him? That's really the thing I want you to wrestle with as we get ready for communion. Is what is God inviting you to say yes to him in? Real relationship? Real relationship with him? Real relationship with other believers where you wrestle through the hard things of life? Surrender to truth? Battling the lies that you have from within? The lies that society live out that's opposite to what he wants? What is it that you need to say yes to in 2024 and if you're willing to turn in that direction to say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no to my self-ruled way I'm going to say yes to Jesus I'm going to trust him in the journey the Bible calls that repentance repentance is a decision to follow Jesus and become his pilgrim in the path of peace. That's what God has for you. So what if we surrounded ourselves in 2024? What if we surround ourselves with the word of God? Knowing that the spirit of God dwells within us and that we partnered in relationship with one another, the people of God. What if we committed ourselves to those things? How would this year be different than last year? What journey does God have for you this year that maybe he's been inviting you in for years? This is the first year you go, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna trust you in the journey, Lord. Not try and control the destination. I want to invite you to spend some time with Jesus this morning and just wrestle with that question. What, is, what do you need to say yes to? And if you came this morning and you didn't receive the elements and you would like to take communion with us as a, as a church family, just raise your hand. And I know these volunteers would love to serve you the elements. A cup of juice represents Jesus' blood. A piece of bread that represents his body that we'll take together here as a church family. But I just want to invite you just to spend time with Jesus and ask the question, what do you got to say yes to as we go on the journey of being a pilgrim, walking with Jesus?
Let's pray.